to Maxed Out Man, helping you become the man you were made to be. Hey guys, it's Kevin Davis from the Maxed Out Man podcast. This is episode number 31. I'm here with Brandon Church, who is the managing partner at Matrix Hormones and Optimal Wellness and also runs the TRT Community Facebook group and the All Things Testosterone podcast. I have been super looking forward to this episode because I am kind of become my own TRT uh, evangelist, so to speak. So uh, I'm, I'm very excited to talk to you and learn all about this issue that I think kind of a lot of men don't really know all that much about. Uh, and um, it's been an awesome growing kind of field over the last, what, decade probably that's be more recognized. So yeah. Uh, hey, welcome. Thanks for coming. I know you do your own podcast. So this is all hat, old hat to you. So if you will, just kind of give me your background and, and uh, we'll, we'll get it. Uh, we'll get started. Cool. Yeah. Uh, first, thanks for having me. Um, it is, I do have a podcast, but it's always weird to be on other people's <laughs> podcasts. I've only done it a handful of times, so uh, it is, it's bizarre. Um, I started the TRT Community Facebook group about 10 or 12 years ago, and kind of like you were saying, just because I had to do my own research, I had to find my own way. So I needed a support group, and when I searched for one, it was hard to find information, and there wasn't any sort of Facebook group available at the time. So I started one and it just kind of developed and grew, um, eventually became the largest, I call it the largest social media support system available you know, in the world. Um, I've got 35,000 members or so. And then nice. somewhere along the way I started the podcast, which was just a whirlwind. I mean, you know, you've, you're doing it too. It's, it's crazy talking to you know, dozens of different people every year and just editing and, and video and all that stuff. It's, it's been a, a ride that I've enjoyed. And then in doing both of those, you know, I worked closely with doctors and with clinics. And then in doing both of those, uh, I was afforded the opportunity to become an owner of my favorite clinic, not just any clinic. So yeah, so nice. I started doing that in March and the guys in the TRT community love Matrix. And it was kind of a no brainer when they approached me and said, hey, we'd like you to come on board. I, Absolutely, I'd love to. And so that's been a lot of fun working in operations over there and, and changing processes and just rebuilding um, some pieces that needed some tweaking. Yeah, that's it's funny because that's kind of my thing too. I'm a serial entrepreneur, own multiple businesses, but I actually just started working with another company and that's what I do is go through processes and like, how do we future proof this and how do we fix yeah. this and make it more efficient and all that. So that's, that's really cool. So you guys, the, the company's out of Tampa, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. What, is there something in particular, I've noticed a lot of these clinics do locate in Florida. Is there something with legislation that makes that easier to be in Florida? I've just, that's just a curiosity on my part. Yeah, I think that's a good question. Uh, you know, there are, Obviously, you're an entrepreneur yourself, so you know that there are certain states that are friendlier towards mm -hmm. businesses. Texas, I'm in Texas. Texas is one okay. of those that's pretty decent. Yeah. Um, when it comes to Florida, I think that it has something to do with the compounding pharmacies, that they're there. Um, yeah. And then the compacts that they have, the diff different states have with the doctor licensing. I think that a lot of those states recognize Florida's license as well. So it, it kind of compiles and you, you get a Florida license and then maybe that works in five or six different states. Yeah. And is there something that that Matrix does that's different than what, you know, because 
I probably started, I started with a clinic. Now my GP actually just prescribes for me, yeah. which is a little bit, uh, it, it's nice to have that local because I, I've already dialed everything in. So I just kind of need somebody to write the script yeah. quite honestly. Cause I'll say, Hey, I'm doing this. I need this. These are my numbers. Here's a, here's a lab. Um, but when I started five or six years ago, there wasn't, there was very few. Yeah. And now they seem like, you know, every, every five minutes you see somebody else pop up. So what does what what does Matrix do a little bit differently than what some of the other ones do? So really the thing that distinguishes us is the attentiveness and the thorough uh, thoroughness of the the appointments. So and this is something that this is why I fell in love fell in love with the company before I was actually even an official part of the company because most of these clinics senior right they pop up all over the place all the time. They're going to do the bare minimum. And the pricing for everybody is about the same. You know, there's some that are a little higher, but for the most part, you're looking at, you know, $100 a month, $150 a month, depending on medications. But for that money, what you get is a clinic that's going to send you out for just, let's just measure your testosterone, maybe one or two other pieces, and then let's talk for five minutes, and then here's your medication. What you get with Matrix in that same price range is... A CBC, a CMP, we're going over every single piece of that lab work. So our specialists spend 45 to 60 minutes on that phone call, going through every piece of uh, you know your total blood count and your white blood cells and everything on your labs to make sure that you understand it and to make sure that we're catching any other issues. <clears throat> Excuse me. So for example, my wife treats with Matrix and treated with Matrix before we became partners. And Ken, the, the specialist over there, looked at her blood work and within five minutes he was like, oh, you've got Hashimoto's disease. So they go outside of TRT and, and just treat like a whole gamut of different ailments. And are they using like peptides and, and or other, is it primarily prescription medication that they, that they do? And I do want to go in, actually, I want it, my wife's turning 50 on Friday. She's still premenopausal, which is kind of nice at her age, mm -hmm. but but obviously some hormone. I'd, I'd be interested in getting your take on the female HRT side of this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my experience when with my clinic was basically, hey, you know, my number was like 290 something mm -hmm. and I was 45, kind of sitting in the back of my closet in the infant you know, the fetal position, not one <laughs> not yeah. wanted to get out of bed. Um, but yeah, that was my experience is like, well, you know, here's your numbers. They maybe did estradiol and testosterone, free testosterone. And, and, uh, then they're, you know, talk to the doctor for about four or five minutes. Mm -hmm. And it was funny cause this particular doctor is kind of a whack job. Like he, he, he went off on some political rant <laughs> for some reason. So I think we only talked about 45 seconds about my particular issue. Um, and, and then they kind of started me on the therapy. And at that time we were, they were still doing HGH cause it was available, uh, put me on the standard anastrozole and, um, which I'm not on anymore and I'm not an HR HGH anymore either. So, uh, so, I, so we can back up, give me, What's the situation with low testosterone in the United States? And I, I be, I want to educate these guys too how that uh, the normal ranges work too yeah. these days, and and because it's a it's a bunch of BS basically. So yeah, it is. Yeah, so I mean, most men in that thirty plus range are going to be deficient and or not optimized. 
Um, <clears throat> there's, there's all kinds of conspiracies as to why, right? From sedentary lifestyles, diet and exercise, uh, phytoestrogens leaching into our water systems, things like that. But we have a fraction of what our grandfathers had when they were our age. So, uh, I mean, that's the state. I think it's becoming less um, taboo to talk about, yeah. to be on. More and more guys are actually going out and getting their hormones checked, and I think that's a great thing. I've, you know, and it, it may be a, a biased sample because I'm so involved with the TRT community, but I've only seen labs from one person over the age of, of 30, he was actually 40, one person over the last decade that's like, yeah, you, you should not see TRT, yeah, you're fine. Um, so, so most guys could use a little bump. Um, to answer your question about the peptides, we do peptides. We, you know, prescribe the controlled substances. Um, it's hard to say. You know, a lot of those those peptides, they're not replacing the TRT, but they're complementing it. So, you know, you you've got an injury and you do a, a BPC one fifty seven and a TB five hundred combo, and that just like they call it the Wolverine, Wolverine compound. So it just like mm. heals you up. It's amazing stuff. But that's in conjunction with TRT. It's not. Instead of, it's kind of unrelated. If your T is low, you still do TRT, and then you can get into that. But, yeah, we do we do all the peptides, uh, all the compounds, everything like that. And the peptides tend to be a little more spendy. Is that kind of from my from what I've seen? And, I mean, obviously from peptides, I'm not going to go to my – who's he's a naturopath mm-hmm. and, a, and an MD, so he can write my scripts. But I'm not probably going to go to him and say, can you – you know, I yeah. want this cocktail of peptides. So – you pay a bit of a premium for access. Right. Um, some of them are. Some of them aren't. Some of them are pretty affordable. And I, I could send you over you know, some sort of price breakdown, breakdown yeah. after. But, you know, you mentioned HGH. If you're taking actual HGH, I mean, that's $1,000 a month right there. And yeah. not, not through Matrix. I mean, we rarely even prescribe it because it, it's so expensive. But just through, through any clinic, that's, that's 1000 minimum every month. Yeah, it didn't um, take me long to get off of that <laughs> off of that train for sure. Yeah, a lot of guys <laughs> confuse it with HCG, which is a different medication altogether, which is much more affordable. And you know, I'll see them in, in the Facebook group, and they're like, "Hey, my doctor started me on HGH, and it's blah blah,", blah. And, and we're just like, "Yeah, no, you're not. You're not on HGH because you're spending a hundred dollars a month." So yeah, it, it and HCG easy. is actually super. Thanks to all the weight loss stuff yeah. they did, you can almost not. There's only a handful of compounding pharmacies that'll still make it, right? Yeah, yeah. and we're actually one of the, the only clinics that can still get it because we have relationships with those pharmacies that are still making it. And that's kind of a conspiracy thing with the pharmaceutical industry, right? It's like, well, we, you know, this was available, but we want you to use some other... Yeah. What, what is the... How'd that work out? So it be, you said it right. Just because of the diet, uh, it started getting targeted by the FDA, you know, it's like, this is, this is scammy, this is not a real thing, so the FDA kind of honed in on it. Um, they made it incredibly difficult and incredibly expensive for compounding pharmacies to make it. They have to have special licensing, they have to have special, extra special sterile facilities, they have to do extra special testing, and all of that adds up. I mean, it, for, a, for a compounding pharmacy to have gotten into it, from once the changes took place a couple of years ago to now, I mean, it, it was tens of millions of dollars that needed to be spent to update their facilities. Wow. And then every batch they make has to go through, and I don't remember the numbers, but I want to think, I want to say it's somewhere in the half million dollar range. So like every batch that they're making has to go through that much more testing. So it's hard for them to do, and it, you know, we pay a higher cost because of it. 
And H HCG is human chromatic what chromaticrit chorionic gonadotropin. And basically that helps with shrinkage, right? It does. That's kind of the, the surface level of what it does. It it will keep your testicles from atrophying, uh, which if you start TRT, a lot of guys are affected by it, some are not so much, but your testicles typically will atrophy a bit, they'll shrink up on you. Um, most guys will say, I'm married, I don't care about that, but it, it, HCG actually does more. It keeps you fertile, which can be important. You know, say you're under 30 and you're looking to have kids at some point in the future, HCG is a must. Yeah. Um, it also, and, and it's kind of controversial, but it, it can backfill a lot of things in the HPTA loop. So a lot of guys just simply say, I don't know what it's doing for me, but I feel so much better on HCG and TRT. And, and that's a real thing. I mean, I'm one of those guys. I've, I've been off of HCG for a number of years, and I, I just ordered some because I'm like, it, I just remember how much better I felt on it. I'd be interested in actually giving it a try because I've been off, again, because I've been off of HCG also for a couple of years yeah. now. Cause I, I, and so I'm just on TRT. I don't take anything else other than, you know, superfoods and all that stuff. But uh, pharmaceutically, I don't take any, pharmacologically, I don't take anything else. Yeah. I did do a little, there's a little bit of atrophy, but it kind of got to a point where that's not bad. I'm not, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, it's funny because I actually had one of my testosterone issues is that I had a motorcycle accident in the 90s and I actually crushed one of my, my, one of my testicles. And uh, yeah, it's a very rare injury. I was very popular in the hospital after it happened because everybody <laughs> wants to see it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that actually, it, it actually crushed it completely. And so um, the joke I tell is I have to carry a roll of quarters in my right pocket or else I walk around in circles. Uh, but like that's so, I, you know, it's not something that bothered me. So I just went off ACG altogether yeah. uh, and it didn't really just because it got so hard and they're like, well, do you want to try what kiss peptin? Yeah. What, what is and it didn't. I mean, it was worthless. It did absolutely nothing for me. Gonadarelin is the newer the newer one that a lot of these um, clinics are 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 marketing and you know it's they're they're just not as effective they're not they're not as good as hcg the hcg clomid or and or inclomiphene um, combos that's where it's that's where it's at uh, what about sensitivity issues a lot of guys that are not on hcg after starting trt they will have they will really struggle with ejaculation and they won't be able to finish when having intercourse or even by themselves and the hcg when they start taking that, that, that resensitizes the head of the penis somehow. I'm not a scientist, so I don't know how, but then that allows them that orgasm. That's interesting. I haven't really, I mean, on a very rare occasion, but I haven't really experienced that. But yeah. um, it would definitely be, you know, not, not to the frequency where it's like, oh, well, every time I have sex, it's just, it's a major issue. Yeah. Um, so, but it, I would definitely, we'll have a conversation after. I might end up, you know, giving it a shot again just to see whether or not. Because that, the nice thing about the ACG is it's not a 21 gauge needle oh, that yeah. you have to stick in your ass or whatever. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> it's the, it's the little insulin needle, which is, uh, you barely feel, but you know, I actually inject my testosterone with an insulin needle too. I've heard that before. I tried that in my shoulder, but honestly, the I'm on I'm doing the testosterone sipinate, mm -hmm. and I think it's a grape seed oil or mm -hmm. something like that. Would the viscosity of it? I just couldn't get it. Yeah, 
to I work. So I think it's a learned behavior. Like you really yeah. have to build up that dexterity in the thumb to be able to do it. And, and maybe I take that for granted, but yeah, I, I take the same testosterone. Uh, I do somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 0.5 milliliters three times a week. So it's a little bit above your standard 200 milligram dose. But yeah, I do it with a 27, anywhere from 27 to 30 gauge needle. Um, subcutaneously with that teeny tiny little insulin syringe. Wow, I draw mine in with a with a twenty one, um, and then I switch over to a twenty seven. Yeah, that's not bad. And I and I feel like that that's the least amount you know. Then I don't and I'm doing it in my hip. I started doing my thigh, and I just it it, it was more painful in my thigh for some reason. Yeah. So I switched over, and that seems to work for me. And I do point five or to point six twice a week. Yeah. And I think I'm running at 1,100, maybe. So, what, okay, so we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> let's let's start from the beginning and educate men. Like, this is what low testosterone looks like in terms of the numbers, the symptoms. And we know that it's more symptomatic than number-based. Yeah. Um, so talk about that. And then kind of what uh, go through that process, what it looks like to treat it, what, is, what the numbers should look like, all that stuff. Just sure. give me the 101 slash 201. On it. <laughs> Sounds good. So, you know, depending on the labs, they'll have a couple of different reference range, reference ranges. So they'll go from somewhere in the 300s up to 8, 850, or 300s up to 12. Uh, what primary care doctors are, are bad about doing is they're, you know, well, the reference range started at 350 and you're at 351, so technically you're within normal limits and, and we can't help you. Or if you're like me, my very first visit to my primary care doctor, he said, I'm not even going to test your numbers because you've got a really thick, full beard. And I, I and you were 29, right? I was the 29. You said? Yeah, and, and I just thought my so hold on, we're not even going to test my levels because my beard's too good. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Evidently, evidently, I'm using all of my testosterone <laughs> to grow my beard, and right. there's none left for anything else. Yeah. So, uh, so that's you know that's that as far as the reference ranges, and there's a lot of talk about how what, what's happening is that. That, that range, that 300 to 1200 is encompassing all ages, you know, 18 to 90. And so if, if a four year old comes in and they're, you know, three, 400, they're low and, mm -hmm. and they're, not, they're not optimal by any means. So um, what we would do is we would send you out for labs local to you. So you'd visit either a Quest or a LabCorp. We'd get that back. Like I mentioned earlier, we're sending, it's a whole panel. Um, if you're paying cash, it's around $100. We can bill your insurance for it if you'd like. And it's it's a whole panel, CBC, CMP, estradiols, testosterones, uh, some thyroid items on there. I mean, it, it's a lot. Uh, from that point, you know, you schedule a, a consult and meet with a specialist. They go over the labs. They recommend a regimen. So uh, a lot of times that's going to look like, like both of us are doing, two or three injections a week, maybe even four maybe HCG, maybe not. Um, but we're, we're looking to, one, alleviate the symptoms, what, what is going on with you, and then two, you know, get you optimized up in that 1,000, 1,200 range, wherever you can be, and also minimum, minimize side effects. So me, I'm super prone to acne. Um, so I have to go a little bit above and beyond with a, a face wash routine just to keep myself, you know, my skin looking halfway decent. So wherever you can, be in that optimal level and not struggle with those side effects. 
Yeah, I found I get scalp acne, which is really yeah. bizarre. Like I don't have I don't have back acne, chest acne. I have a pretty good skincare routine for my face anyway. But yeah, we we chase that for a while, and it's just it's kind of one of those things. I've my dermatologist was like, well, you could stop TRT. I would like I would rather have one big acne field on my head than stop TRT. <laughs> So yeah, there's definitely side effects with that, but that's that, and that seemed to be when I'm optimized. This is just part of the, part of the deal. You know, yeah. I'll I'll take it. Yeah. Um, you asked something else. Oh, so we, so like, the numbers. <laughs> if you're at 350 or below, and one of the things that I found, and maybe this is wrong information, but they they actually have just said all of these levels are lowering over the last 50 years so let's just lower the levels like rather than saying we have a clinical problem with the population they just re they right. just adjusted the levels right yeah, yeah I, I haven't heard that but it wouldn't be surprising yeah so that's i mean it's just but at the end of the day if the doctor says you're at 351 and you still feel like crap have gained 20 pounds of body fat and yeah. all these other you know can't sleep and all these then it's definitely something to explore yeah, if you're under if you're under 40, 45, somewhere in there, I would say anything under 500, and and the free testosterone number is even more important. Uh, and a lot of primaries don't know to even check that one. So if you're under 500 total, just kind of a blanket statement, I would I would follow up with a specialist. Yeah, and it's not that it's it's not necessarily that you. So for my my situation, for example, I'm lifting. I was lifting six days a week. I eat right. You know, I eat plenty of protein. I sleep. I, I've never been a great sleeper, but for my own system, I was getting enough sleep. So I was doing all of these things, quote unquote, right that you would do to optimize your health and yeah. hormone health. And yet my testosterone was just terrible. Yeah. And, and lot, that's what can happen. There's a lot of guys out there that will will talk about making those changes first. And, and one, it can be incredibly difficult to straight out impossible to incorporate some of the things that you're talking about, the motivation to exercise and to lift and to eat right when your testosterone levels are low. I mean, I can speak from experience there, the brain fog, the anxiety. Um, I was in no place to, to be changing lifestyle habits before. But the guys that do, I don't know if I've ever found someone that went from numbers like you and I had, you know, that two, three hundred, up to a thousand by by changing their their diet and their life. Now, now maybe two, three hundred to four or five hundred, sure, our, our levels fluctuate day to day anyway. But you're not going to get up into that twelve hundred, thirteen hundred range, um, you know, just sleeping more. Yeah, you're not going to just sleep more, work out, take DHEA or whatever. You know, yeah. it's not there. It really there's a reason why TRT exists. Yeah, for sure. And for me, the the change has been so much more mental health related than physical. My my I I was the kid that failed public speaking in high school and college. I I would not certainly wouldn't do something like this. Uh, as soon as I I took TRT, well within within three or four weeks, I was enrolled back in college. Um, within a year, I was leading people in my day job. Within a, another year, I was leading people that were leading people within my day job. So, you know, the ambition, the drive, and then just squashing that anxiety was was huge for me. I had a guest called uh, his la his name is Ryan Park, but he does a lot of um, psychology related stuff and testosterone and how testosterone. He deals mainly with men, and he posted on uh, TikTok the other day that it's like twenty eight percent 
of this study that they did of men that were dealing with depression had low testosterone. Yeah. And so like that whole, the whole impact of low testosterone and, and depression is a huge thing. I'd love, you know, I, I actually face that too, but if, if you've got guys out there listening to this and kind of suffering depression and their doctor just says, Hey, you know, take some antidepressants and get on your way. Is that kind of how it typically works? Yeah, it is. And that, that hurts my heart um, <laughs> because that, that SSRI that he's going to prescribe you is going to lower your testosterone even more. Um, and I'm, I would never tell someone that the SSRI is not necessary. Sometimes it is. But I would, I would implore them to, to check the testosterone first because if you can do, if you can alleviate that depression or that anxiety without adding... I mean, you're adding something, but it's a natural hormone, right? It's occurring in our bodies without adding a medication like an SSRI that's going to kill your libido, that's going to probably make you gain weight, that's going to lower your testosterone even more. Why not explore it? Um, anecdotally, and, and I wouldn't ever recommend this directly, but there are tons of guys within my community that have discontinued the antidepressants uh, after starting TRT. And they just don't need them anymore. Uh, yeah, so guys may not necessarily need SSRIs, but like you said, we're not medical. We're not medical professionals. I probably will put that little disclaimer on the on the front end of this. Um, I actually am on Wellbutrin. I suffer from seasonal affective disorder because we live in Montana, where we get nine months of winter. So, um, and I, I'm on a fairly low dose, so I just kind of maintain that. But. Um, so that's that was your experience is that you were going through depression. You never did. You don't do any or never did any SSRIs. So anxiety was always my thing, and I never. Okay. I never even sought treatment for it. Um, I I never I didn't realize that it was abnormal. You know, so never saw yeah. a doctor for it. So what I do see within the I mean, our Facebook group is that guys that are doing the depression, the SSRI, and then that's just kind of a cycle. So those guys I've seen come off the medication. I've never been on it myself, although I probably should have been. Yeah, and it's um, it's crazy. So what are all the symptoms that if someone said, hey, I wonder, because, I mean, we see the commercials and all that, which they're actually just trying to sell yeah. TRT, but what are the symptoms that some people, that you would look for if you're looking at maybe I have low T or need to investigate this so further? I think the biggest one that I see is energy levels. Um, if you're fatigued, if you're, you don't feel like you did when you were 25 and you're only 35 and you're having to come home and take a nap after work, uh, that's, I'd definitely look into it. That was my big one. Um, if you're anxious, I would say go check your T levels first. That's another one. Uh, other than that, weight gain, you know, muscle loss, uh, lack of libido, uh, sexual, you know, lack of sexual drive, that kind of thing. Those are all big ones. Now, you don't have to have all of them. For me, my libido was through the roof. I had brain fog, and I couldn't put together a, a sentence or a thought uh, like you wouldn't believe. But I didn't have libido problems. Uh, I was anxious, and I was tired all the time. You know, so it, you don't have to have all of those. But I think those are some of the bigger, the bigger symptoms. Yeah, so any of those that you're having a trouble with. It's, I play this game now because I turned 50 in, back in December, now I can see guys that are my age and I'm like, TRT or not TRT. <laughs> like you go through the, you go through the airport. I'm thinking of this guy I saw the other day at the airport and I'm like, that dude's definitely on TRT. Yeah. And, but it's not necessarily like, 
Because yeah, I'm fairly athletic. I live six days a week, so I actually put on muscle. But that's not necessarily like you put, you get on TRT, you automatically look like you're an 18 year old, you know, star quarterback, yeah. right? I mean, just look at me. I'm not, I'm not a bodybuilder by any means. But uh, I will say that it, it, it just makes your body function better overall. So I can, I can promise you that I can eat like crap off TRT and gain weight, I can eat that same diet on TRT and not gain weight. And it just, it, it makes your whole body function better. I'm running at a warmer temperature, my metabolism fires better, I mean, it, it just optimizes every aspect of you. Yeah, I've noticed that myself, that uh, that if I, 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 I eat pretty clean normally, but if I don't eat clean, I notice that my body fat range does not like go through the roof. And I actually did a 12-week program a couple of months ago because I wanted to prove to myself that at 50, I could still drop body fat to where I want to. So I went from 12% to 7% nice. in 12 nice. weeks. Um, obviously, there's a ton of work there, but TRT definitely makes yeah. that, that process a lot easier. Yeah. I like playing the, the TRT or no TRT game too. I do that all the time. And I, I wonder if we should start like approaching these guys, you know, you on TRT? Hey, I am too. Nice to meet you. You know, just to start building that big giant network. Well, it's funny cause I did see this guy in the airport and it, I'm like kind of eyeing him a little bit. And then he's kind of eyeing me a little bit. And I was wondering if he was kind of playing the same cause he was probably mid fifties. Yeah. Uh, I look, I look relatively young, for my for 50 he had more white hair and all that so it's kind of kind of hard to gauge but yeah that's definitely something to consider hey guys thanks for listening to this episode i hope you're enjoying it and learning a lot if you're looking for extra help don't forget that i do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching we can talk through a ton of different issues i can give you guides guidelines and logistical help to help you take that next step or go to that next level in some of the things that you're dealing with in your life we also have some course content, some guides, uh, and a lot of educational materials over at maxedoutman.com. For the coaching, go ahead and go to maxedoutman.com slash coaching, and you can learn about that. And then just go to maxedoutman.com for everything else. Thanks for joining us. Now back to the episode. And I love how like people like Joe, Ro Joe Rogan and, and so many of these other guys, and I've been trying to be forth up front with it too. It's like, look, I'm, I'm on this. It helps me. It makes a huge yep. difference. It took me a, a lot of years to get to that point to where I was comfortable with it. I probably went the first five years of, of having the, the network and the, the community that I have without putting a face to it. And it was just not mm. totally anonymous, but I didn't put myself out there. Didn't tell anyone in my personal life, no friends, no family, until one day a buddy of mine that, that's actually been on my podcast a number of times, uh, I just said, you know, I see a lot of things in you that I was experiencing. I'm on TRT. This is how it's helped me. And this was like four or five years into my treatment. And then from that point, it just kind of exploded. And it was like, I don't, I don't even give a crap anymore. Just here's my face everywhere. This is what I'm doing, you know. Does it, do you think that that's more stigma with a younger guy than it would be with, because someone might, you know, they say, well, at 40 years old, you're just, you know, you're supposed to be flabby yeah. and dad bod and all those things and, and have low energy. That's just part of getting yeah. older. But obviously when you're in your early thirties, that's not really the same kind of mentality. Yeah, it, it might've been. And, and even more than that, I think it was, you know, I had lived my whole life with this anxiety and I didn't realize when it had lifted when it was gone, I didn't realize it. So it was only when <clears throat> it was only when I stopped TRT for a time and just thought, you know, this isn't really helping me 
that I got anxious again, and then I thought, oh, oh crap, you know, there, there were huge benefits to this, they were just really subtle. So yeah, I mean, looking back, I think it, it might have to do with the fact that I just didn't realize I was not an anxious person anymore, so I didn't want people knowing my business. That's interesting. I wouldn't. I would. The anxiety part of it is not something that most people really yeah. think about, and just the mental side of of low testosterone. If you look at, I mean, low testosterone. Yes, you. We've covered kind of the basic stuff, but it's testosterone both in men and in women has a. It's it controls so many it systems yeah. in our body. It's crazy. So, what is the what are the mechanics look like for being on TRT? Like, what do you? How do you do the injections and all that and like i said we're not giving medical yeah. advice i just want people to understand guys to understand what they would be getting so into. so there's there's a few different administration methods uh there's the injections which is generally like the number one most effective most cost um most affordable um you get into like the alcohol-based gels those typically don't absorb well uh compounded creams do a little bit better a lot of guys see success with that so if you're on a compounded cream you may be putting it on directly on your testicles. Um, the only problem with that is that it can transfer to a female partner, any partner, yeah. a child. Uh, there's even some studies that have, have said that it can transfer in the laundry from clothes to other clothes. Now, how much is transferring at that point? I don't know. It's probably not that, that harmful. But me personally, I've got four kids and a wife. I don't want any of them getting any extra testosterone that they don't need, you know, and, and growing some sort of like third eye on their forehead or something. So, <laughs> <laughs> or your seven year old with a, a beard as thick right, as yours. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, in terms of, Oh, there's pellets too, which a lot of local doctors will, will kind of want to do. And those tend to work better for females, but the males, that's like the, the progesterone or the birth control ones, right? Where they put it kind of in your, arm or is no, that how they're, they're doing actually it? putting it in your hip so it, it it's in your butt oh, okay. cheek, basically and, and you might a man might need 15 of those and, and they're not super small <laughs> so they're making the incision they're stuffing these these pellets in you um kind of like what a gerbil would eat you know how the food yeah and you know a lot of times there's problems with the body rejecting those or you know i've heard complaints that it feels like you're always sitting on a wallet whether you've got one in your pocket or not you can just feel them in there and then the biggest problem is that for men, you may feel great for one month and then not so great for the second month and then feel like crap the third month, but these pellets are supposed to last six months. So what do you, what do you do from there? Do you just feel bad for the next three months or? So you have to have this minor surgery every three yeah, to six months. Yeah. And that seems like a yeah, terrible idea. And it's, it's a big uh, <laughs> a revenue stream for, for some doctors because they're billing for a procedure, you know, and it, it doesn't take long. Yeah. They just zip, zip, stick them in there and, and send you on your way. But it. So is the selling point there like someone would be afraid? Like, how afraid of needles do you yeah. have to be to have something inject, you know, kind of inserted into I your body? I think that it, that it has more to do with just the hands-off approach. You know, it's, it's sold as we do it once, we don't see you back for six months. Uh, and you don't have to worry about daily, weekly, whatever injections. You don't even have to think about it. And I, I think it's a great idea. It just doesn't usually work out that way. It doesn't last the full amount of time. You can't, I mean, you, you used the term dialed in earlier. That's a term that I use a lot. You can't dial yourself in if you've got something implanted in your butt cheek. You're getting the dose that right. you're getting, and you can't fine-tune it at all. So it, it just doesn't usually work out for guys. 
No. So you got injections, yeah. So yeah, in terms of injections, like I said earlier, I use a, anywhere from a 27 to a 30 gauge, um, teeny tiny little insulin needle. I pinch my belly fat, stick it right there. You can go in the hip, you can go in the delt. I've injected my pecs before just, just for the hell of it, just to see what it was like. Uh, a lot of guys get really hung up on, on where. Where should I inject? Where's, where's the best place? Just do it. There's, there's not a best place. Everyone's so different. I, you know, kind of like guys would talk about, you know, an, an everyday carry. Like, what's the best everyday carry firearm? Whichever one you're going to carry every day. Which, whichever place <laughs> right. you're going to inject the most uh, consistently, just do it. So with so there is no difference um, in the delivery method if it's in subcutaneous fat versus directly into the intramuscle? No, I didn't say that, Kevin. There very well could be, but... <laughs> but what I would say to that is experiment, see what works better for you. Because I can tell you that there's studies out there that say sub-Q aromatizes to estrogen uh, slower and, and is a better way of doing it. But it's just a study, you know, it's just a study that was performed on some guys. So I, I, I always tell guys, give it a shot. If you want to, if you want to take an inch and a half long needle and stick it into your quad and practically touch your femur with it before you start, go for it. I'm not doing that. Uh, it may work really well for you. What I get away with yeah. is a, a five-eighths five inch needle into my stomach, and I don't feel a thing. So, you know, just just experiment. Yeah, those are the, those needles are definitely smaller for sure. What was funny is that when I first started, the clinic sent me twenty-one gauge. Um, and I was using that in my thigh. And about four months in, I had the conversation, one of the follow-ups, and I'm like, yeah, this is what I'm using. And the <laughs> doctor was like, that's cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> that needle is so, that gauge needle is yeah, huge. We call it a heart So I switched then to 20, 27 gauge, and that's what I use. It's about, I think I do an inch and a quarter, depending on how, the, some of them are harder yeah. to get than others. 27 gauge inch, um, inch long needles are hard to find. Yeah, and those are the ones, and still, even with the viscosity going through that, it's a little bit difficult yeah. to get that full, you know, do you, so you're doing that three days a week. I've heard some do, when they're doing the, the sub-Q me method, that they're doing, like, you know, five or six days a yeah, week. Yeah, and I've done that, too. Um, I've done seven days a week. Um, just, you know, I've had over a decade to kind of experiment and see what, what works best for me, but... Um, we would typically start you somewhere between two and four injections a week. Now, if you come in and you say, I'm deathly afraid of needles, which I actually am pretty scared of needles, yeah. um, then we would say you can get away with one, maybe two. You don't have to do three or four. Um, just give it a shot. And it's just it's whatever works for you. If, if you're going to yeah. be more consistent with one injection a week, do it. Now, I wouldn't go any less frequent than one per week. A lot of guys do one every two weeks, and, and when you're taking that larger injection, I think we know by now it, that's what causes that, that roller coaster of, of hormones. Um, so, yeah, a minimum of one injection a week, if not two, three, four a week. Yeah, because when you're doing two, like I do two, I think I do Sunday night and Thursday mm -hmm. night uh, because it's kind of right, right in the balance. It seems like you get a dip. Obviously, you're going to get a peak directly after, and then it – it does begin to go down, but it almost stabilizes a little bit, and then you get the get another yeah. peak. So there are peaks and valleys. So if you're doing it more often, you get you know it's it's more of a it's not quite a flat line, right. but it's it's probably more consistent. Exactly. So 
it does take how long does it take three or four weeks to kind of get a get a sense of how things are working yeah i mean there there's several different things that you're looking for right so for me personally within within three or four weeks that's when i noticed the mood changes my um i just i felt better happier overall uh, it, it's going to take a year for you to fully recognize the recomposition of your body you know that kind of thing but it's going to start pretty early on. So I, I would say somewhere in the four to eight week range is a good place to retest and, and see how things are doing and a good, a good time frame to start thinking about what's changing in me and, and am I noticing any benefits from this. And are you guys, when you go to Matrix, how often are you requiring retesting? I know that uh, it's kind of front-loaded, right? Like you want to do it more often up front yeah. and, then over, and then over time maybe less yeah, often. Yeah, and it just depends. It depends on the, the patient's history. If it's somebody like yourself that's just switching over from another doctor, we're going to have that first consult. We're going to say, Kevin, how are you feeling? You know, what's your protocol? And if you say everything's perfect, I just wanted to chat with you on the phone, then, then we're just going to keep you doing what you're doing. Uh, if you're brand new to it, probably going to follow up in six to eight weeks, and then um, probably another six to eight weeks after that. But, I mean, we've got guys that are getting labs done once or twice a year. They're having that consult once or twice yeah. a year. That's kind of that's kind of where, where I am. And one of the questions that I get a lot of time is like, well, do you have to be on that for, like, the rest of your life? Because I'm 50. My grandmother lived to be 101. <laughs> so I, do I get to be on testosterone for the next 50 years? And I think the answer is yes. Yeah for the most yeah, part. Yeah, it is, and I think guys get hung up on thinking that they have to be on it for the rest of their lives. There's there's no rule that says you absolutely have, you're not gonna die tomorrow if you if you stop today. Um, there's some things that you should do to prepare your, your body to create its own testosterone before that, but you can stop. The, the thing is that once you're on it, you don't wanna stop. You don't need to stop. <laughs> Uh, it, it, it really is so beneficial in so many different ways that if you do want to stop, you can, but you won't want to. And I should point out one of the things, one of the kind of misnomers or myths out there is people say, well, you know, there's a difference between being on T TRT and, and being on what would be called now gear yeah. or steroids. So like I, you know, I'm getting a, I'm getting a 200 milligram bottle you know one or what whatever my bottle is that lasts me nine or ten weeks or yeah. more these guys that are doing steroids or gear they're using those like every day or every couple yeah. of days right is that kind of the yeah amount? i think uh you know for like a base to a steroid cycle and i am not the guy to go to for this but i think that the base the testosterone would be a minimum of like five six seven hundred a week whereas you and i are taking two or three hundred a week and that's just the very lowest level base, and then they're adding on seven different compounds on top of that. But yeah, I think, you know, I've definitely heard guys say that they're taking, you know, a gram or two a week, which would be that whole vial. Yeah, it's just, it's, because people kind of associate those things. Well, you're on steroids. Well, no, I'm on, you know, testosterone replacement yeah. and highlight on the last word, which is therapy. Yeah. Right, like there's a there's a there's a therapeutic reason that I'm doing this. Yeah, and things. I've seen um, I've seen over the years things change and adapt too. Uh, when I first started, if you were on a dose of over 200 milligrams a week, you were on a cycle. You're abusing it. You're 250. No, no, that's not acceptable. That's not TRT. 
And now fast forward 10 or 12 years and I myself am on a dose over 300 a week. And you know, it, it, it kind of changes, uh, the perspectives are changing. Uh, Nandrolone and Deca or Deca and, and, and like all these names of medications are not something that you would see prescribed 10 years ago, but they're starting to kind of come in and we're using them for the benefits. Do you feel like that the medical community is going to, I mean, obviously, since the pandemic and all of the nonsense with emergency use and profits, and, you know, we, we don't need to get completely into the political side of the pharmaceutical industry, although it's complete BS. Um, what do you, do you see the medical community kind of using what's happening in some of these specialty clinics like Matrix and others? Do you see them kind of that, that, um, methodology going into the normal medical community uh in terms of trt hey guys thanks for listening to this episode i hope you're enjoying it and learning a lot if you're looking for extra help don't forget that i do offer one-on-one coaching we can talk through a ton of different issues i can give you guides guidelines and logistical help to help you take that next step or go to that next level in some of the things that you're dealing with in your life we also have some course content some guides Uh, and a lot of educational materials over at maxedoutman.com. For the coaching, go ahead and go to maxedoutman.com slash coaching, and you can learn about that. And then just go to maxedoutman.com for everything else. Thanks for joining us. Now back to the episode. Yeah, like TRT, hormone management, using testosterone and other order hormones as a basis for evaluating. Maybe. I mean, I definitely think it's becoming more acceptable in those brick-and-mortar medical practices. Um... I don't know that for me, so I'm a difficult patient, and uh, it's I'm difficult to dial in. Some guys you can just toss that that vial to, and they're good with the one shot a week, and they're done. Not me, and even with the best local providers that I I used previously, and I it wasn't enough to dial me in. So yes, there there's I'm starting to see that more and more locally. The doctors are are more involved; they know a little bit more. But for me, I couldn't, I couldn't treat with a, a general practitioner that was also treating flu cases because they just didn't know quite enough. Uh, I really needed that specialty. So I, I don't think, I guess to directly answer the question, yes, I do see it more and more, but I don't see it, somebody like an endocrinologist or a urologist where would really be the specialist, I think the flat answer is that they get more money from performing little operations and, and being that specialty than they're going to get by prescribing a vial of testosterone. So it's going to be difficult for that to ever catch up. You know, if they're having to, to do a urethral reconstructed, reconstructive surgery, that's going to pay them more. They're going to study harder for that to learn how to do it than they are hormones because there's really not a whole lot of money. You know, they charge for an office visit. That's, that's really about it. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like fitness and nutrition, right? They don't really, they'd rather kind of, you know, give you this drug uh, as an easy way out instead of, which, I mean, obviously TRT is, but it's a, it's a more, much more complicated than throwing someone on a terrible statin or something like that for high cholesterol. So yeah, it'll be, I mean, the good news is, is that we have availability like these clinics in order to help us to get, you know, what we need. Because, I mean, I can't imagine 10 or 15 years ago, guys are just having to be like, well, this is just, this is my life now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it wasn't even a thought. It was just, well, I'm just going to 
take a nap. So do you think the FDA is going to catch on and try to start high, more heavily regulating? As someone that's kind of on the business side of things, is that something that we need to be concerned about? So the FDA is well aware of what's going on. Uh, they, they do have regulations in place. Um, they did try to change regulations recently, this year. So what happened was they proposed that we go back to pre-COVID um, telemedicine restrictions, which clinics mm -hmm. like Matrix have been around longer than COVID, but like you mentioned earlier, the clinics pop up everywhere. And, and the reason that you're seeing that is because they're able to take advantage of the COVID uh, telemedicine. They loosen the regulations there. So the FDA tried to go back to pre-COVID, uh, the way of doing things pre-COVID, and the TRT community, not, not just the Facebook group, but just overall community, um, as well as some other communities. There were some, you know, telemedicine is big in the depression industry as well. I mean, it, I love telemedicine. It's, it's a 40 minute drive yeah. if I need to go to see my psychiatrist versus a 15 right. minute telehealth phone yep. call. Yep, right? yep. So it was telemedicine in general. So the communities came together, they made a bunch of comments on this proposal and the DAA legally has to respond to those comments. So it basically stalled the change. And then they came back and said that we're not going to change anything right now. In November, this was back in March or April. In November, we're going to propose new changes that will take effect the following November. So there'll be plenty of time to adapt and, and um, go from there. So what we're expecting is for them to change some things, but not necessarily make it, or definitely not make it impossible. So even at their most restrictive, this first proposal was the most restrictive that could have been, there were still things in place that we could do to get around and follow their rules and regulations and still treat people in all 50 states. And then what I'm, ex oh, that's yeah, good. And what I'm expecting is their restrictions are going to be less restrictive and obviously we'll still be able to, uh, to do it. Yeah, it's interesting because I actually have to show my driver's license to pick up my testosterone. I just I go to I have use the pharmacy, yeah. but I don't have to do that for any of my other substances. Yeah. It's like why you know this is that <laughs> control that I have to show my. First of all, it doesn't really matter that I'm just showing my driver's license. You have all my information in the computer right. already. So, yeah. yeah, I thought the same thing. My my wife had uh, an oral surgery recently, so she was prescribed some sort of opiate hydrocodone slash and acetaminophen combination and just with that little bit you know they don't they don't hand out um vicodin like they used to so this was one of those really right. low dose combos and just that little bit of hydrocodone that it had in it um i expected like to have to move heaven and earth and no they didn't even ask it's just like here's like <laughs> practically toss the bottle as i'm driving through the walgreens uh, pharmacy window but you're right, yeah. if I tried to get my testosterone locally, it was an argument every time. Well, we can only do the one milliliter vials. We can't give you a 10. And I'm like, the prescription's written for one 10 ml vial. I want one 10. Well, your insurance won't cover it. I don't care. I'll pay cash. Like, it was it was a thing every time. Yeah, with, you know, never mind that this opioid crisis has killed 500,000 yeah. people. We'll just toss it to you and you can have whatever you want. Again, the politics behind pharmacological stuff is, is kind of yeah. crazy, honestly. But talking about your wife, I'm interested because there's a lot of men that are listening to this that are kind of in, you know, my age range that, that may have, you know, 
wives that are in their 40, 45, 50. I know you guys also do HRT for women. How does that, like, how, just, and we don't have to go through it in detail, but I'm interested in how that whole thing works. My wife, Michelle, did try a little bit of testosterone therapy, but like, you know, hair growth and some of these other things that just, it didn't make it yeah. worth it. So I'm interested to know, you know, other than the traditional, what, what kind of things can women do? So the women HRT is, in my opinion, it's trickier. It's more involved. Uh, when we test a woman, there's more on the lab panel. We're looking at thyroid things. Um, obviously, we're looking at estrogens and stuff like that, too. But um, it, it essentially, it's the same as the men. There's probably more medications that we can prescribe. We can do the estrone or the estrogens. We can do the progesterones and, and the testosterones. And it's the combination. When you mention hair growth or any other side effects, it's the combination and, and the manipulation of all of your hormones together that really matters. Same for men. Um, I don't want to see a, a guy, I don't want my testosterone levels jumping up to 1200 and having my estradiol level stay down at, at 14. You know, I want that to raise as well. So it's just this balance of things. And that's what's important for the women too. And speaking of that, because I'm thinking in terms of like one of the things they try to do is really scare women with with hormone replacement therapy, with you know breast can increased breast cancer and some of these things. And I'm not going to downplay those risks, but are there risks with women and women and men? You know, I'm at I'm at 50 years old, like I said, so I can't control whether I need reading glasses, and I can't control you know if my prostate starts to get a little bit yeah. bigger. So there is some talk about prostate enlargement and BHP or BPH. Um, what are those kind of risks long-term that, that we should be concerned about if we're doing TRT? So, you know, I think we've all seen the daytime TV commercial, and it's like if, if you lost a loved one due to, uh, what was the old, Andrew Gell, uh, you know, yep. it, it's just the new studies are, are actually indicating that you are more healthy with optimal testosterone levels on TRT than you are with deficient testosterone levels, whether that's female or male. Uh, cardiac risks associated with them. Uh, there's studies out there that, that disprove any any myth that testosterone causes cancer. Uh, now, testosterone is growth, right? It's it's anabolic, so it can grow cancers that already exist, but it's not causing any cancers. Uh, we treat recovered cancer patients in remission uh, at Matrix. We just make sure that they're keeping an eye on on their their cancer and, and you know catching it early if it comes back and then that we would change the course of their their treatment at that point yeah the the interesting thing about some of the research in the medical community is they often tie try to use correlation yeah. uh, in synonymously exactly. with causation right like that's the that's the big argument i actually my my daughter's a paramedic and and she's here this week, got here yesterday, and we already had to stop. We have a safe word for conversations like this because she, she's, she's more trusting of the medical community than I am at yeah. my age. Uh, but I'm like, yeah, just because, you know, someone says they're a vegetarian for, you know, health benefits. I'm like, well, what does that mean? Why are you, what health benefits do you believe you're yeah. getting? Well, red meat causes cancer. Well, not necessarily. They're also a smoker and an alcoholic and low testosterone yeah. and all these other things. So, yeah, that's interesting to know that the data is now showing that it's not um, not necessarily cause, causation um, related, for sure. Well, what advice would you give to guys that are listening to this that are like, 
you know, I don't even, I don't even really know. I know that I'm more tired, have less energy. You know, what, what's the first step? First step is lab work. Um, if you've got any of the symptoms that we've talked about, it's worth it. Uh, the way that things are working now, you can, you can check, you can check your own labs without a doctor's appointment at all. You can find uh, there are several different companies out there where you can buy the lab requisite for. If you're just looking for testosterone numbers, I think it's like twenty-seven dollars. Um, check your labs, see what's doing. If you want a, a full look at it, you can do labs through Matrix and you can have that first consult. We're not gonna stick you with the needle, you know, I mean, you can have the labs and do the consult and then make a decision later. You're not committing to, you know, there's no contract, you're not committing to X amount of treatment dates. Um, so that would be my number one, number one recommendation is don't be ashamed of it, be your own advocate. Yeah, and there's tons now of walk-in labs. I can go, they have this thing called their health fair on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and all their labs are half off. So I think I can get free testosterone, estradiol, um, and total testosterone for, like you said, it's like 25 or 30 bucks. It's, it's, there's not a lot if you're not getting the full lipid and CBC and, and all that, at least to get the cursory information. Yeah, nice, yeah, and then just go from there. Perfect. Well, how do we find your information? How do we get information about your Facebook group? I need to join, by the way. I need to get in there and, and do that. But how do we find all this information to, to get I think started? The, the best one place to go would probably be testosteronepodcast.com. We've got links to the Facebook group, to uh, you know, all the different social medias. I'm trying to get big on TikTok, so doing some things there. And then uh, matrixhormones.com is the Matrix website. Okay, perfect. Well, thanks so much, Brandon. I appreciate you taking yeah, the time. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. If you're looking to really maximize your life and become the man you were made to be, head over to maxedoutman.com and get your journey started today.